Despite mounting criticism, Yogi Adityanath's government in Uttar Pradesh approved a very controversial ordinance on 24th November, which is seemingly against unlawful religious conversions but has been repackaged as a way to combat love jihad. This law declares marriages after a conversion without permission to be null and void. As much as love jihad continues to be an unproven conspiracy not just in UP but in India generally, this law provides for up to 5 years of rigorous imprisonment and rupees 15000 as penalty, but the punishment is stricter for conversions of minors and women of the SCST communities. It comes with 10 years of imprisonment and rupees 25000 as penalty. But this move also shockingly comes around the same time when the Allahabad High Court struck down two previous orders by single judges of the same court that Chief Minister Yogi Adityanath had previously quoted as a basis for the anti-love jihad laws. Those verdicts had held that religious conversion purely for the sake of marriage was illegal. But on 11th November, a division bench of justices Vivek Agarwal and Pankaj Nakvi held that neither of the two rulings were quote unquote good law, as they don't consider. Quote, the liberty of two matured individuals in choosing a partner or their right to freedom of choice as to who they want to live their lives with end quote so what kind of a precedent is the yogi government setting with this law that even in the court's view goes against the fundamental rights of citizens that too without enough evidence to support the government's claims on love jihad in this podcast till you hear from mihira sood a supreme court lawyer who's currently researching the indian women's movement and its use of criminal law and the quince legal editor vakasha sachdev you're tuned in to the big story the podcast where we dissect the headline making news for you and i'm your host shalpuri uttar pradesh is one of the five bjp rule states that proposed to pass laws to combat the supposed menace of quote unquote love jihad the other states are madhya pradesh haryana karnataka and assam and this despite the fact that love jihad is not recognized by the indian law or for that matter even the bjp led central government in a previous episode of the big story we deep dive into how there's not much of a legal basis for love jihad laws how it can affect interfaith couples who often choose the option of religious conversion since the special marriage act is an especially cumbersome process how this whole law undermines and infantilizes adult women and their choices and we also talked about how despite bjp leaders themselves promoting the conspiracy of an alleged scheming by muslim men to convert hindu girls through marriages there's been no proof of it so far in case you missed that episode you can find the link to it on the show notes but announcing the approval of the ordinance cabinet minister siddharth nath singh said and i'm quoting his statement the way in which religious conversions are done using deceit lies force and dishonesty is heart wrenching and it was necessary to have a law in this regard end quote he also added that if a person wants to perform marriage after converting into any other religion they will need to take permission from the relevant district magistrate 2 months prior to the marriage but the one important thing that the up government seem to have overlooked is the lack of evidence of love jihad cases in the state in august 2020 the yogi government had directed senior officials of the state home department to prepare a plan to stop incidents of love jihad as apparently there were quote unquote increasing cases of love jihad being reported from different parts of the state and a report from 29th august on the indian express reads and i'm quoting a few lines from the report quote 
Following several cases of inter-religious marriages in Kanpur's Juhi colony, the police had formed a special investigating team to probe allegations of conversion either by force or by quote-unquote brainwashing the women before marriage. The SIT was formed after families of five women from Juhi colony met senior police officials and sought help, alleging that the women were allegedly brainwashed into converting before marrying, end quote. But even as the government passed the ordinance, the special investigating team that had set to probe the love jihad cases in concern shattered the claim of quote-unquote rising love jihad cases in UP. The SIT submitted its report on 23rd November, ruling out any conspiracy angle in 14 of such cases that it investigated. They also found no evidence of external founding from abroad towards the Muslim youths involved in these cases. And this is not just the case from UP alone, but different probes in different states like the CID probe in Karnataka in 2009, for instance, or in the case of Hadia, the NIA probe into Love Jihad also failed to prove any conspiracy angle. So then what kind of a precedent is the Yogi government setting with this ordinance? Mihira Sood, a Supreme Court lawyer, says that there's no legal basis for this law. In fact, it violates the constitution and targets specific genders and religions. There is no rational legal argument on the basis of which these laws can be upheld in a constitutional court, in my opinion. They are vague, they are prone to abuse, they discriminate on the basis of gender and religion, and they violate the constitutional guarantees of freedom of religion and personal liberty, including the right to marry a person of one's choosing. These laws also reek of infantilization, denying grown adults the freedom to choose their own faith or their own life partner. And let's also be clear that they are not religion or gender neutral. It is evident from the language and rhetoric surrounding these laws that the target is conversions to Islam alone, and specifically conversions by Hindu women. As usual, it is women who are treated as nothing more than vessels for community honor here who need to be policed and controlled, and it is their conversions that is a cause of concern for the right wing. As with many other laws, these too claim to protect and empower women while doing the exact opposite. But it's not just the blatant and visible contradiction between facts and claims made by the UP government that is concerning, but also a disregard for the judiciary. Yogi Adityanath had quoted a rather contentious Allahabad High Court observation from earlier in October this year, which in turn referred to an older but similar observation on religious conversion made by the same court in 2014. And as we've already said, the judges had observed that religious conversion just for the purpose of marriage was unacceptable. Even though the state's chief minister had openly cited those rulings as a justification for the necessity of love jihad laws, recently, as we said on November 11th, the same court denounced those judgments as they were not quote-unquote laying good law. In a stark contrast to the provisions of the proposed love jihad laws, the High Court asserted that the matter of a religious conversion is irrelevant if both the parties are adults and in a consenting relationship. The right of two adults to stay together cannot be encroached upon by the state. And Vakasha talks a little more about this recent judgment. So, uh, first off, the Allahabad High Court judgment. Now, this was actually uh, something which uh, slipped under the radar quite a bit because the order was actually passed in uh, on 11th November. And um, we all sort of almost seem to miss it. I think, in fact, a live law uh, found out about it. Uh, but it's a remarkable, remarkable order uh, when you actually look at it. And it very, very cleanly hits a lot of the things which were being done, uh, you know, the sort of propaganda around Love Jihad and the, the way it was being promoted by the BJP um, 
in recent months. Now, if we look at that uh, pre, the, pre, the sort of two Allahabad High Court orders, which were a problem, a major problem here. Now, in those two orders, uh, the, the the High Court was being approached by interfaith couples asking for protection, you know, from uh, from the police harassment or from other thugs or from anyone else, you know. So they were trying to get a, a court order to do that which is something which the court should have done the moment they were satisfied that there was a risk to these uh, of any harassment to the couples. Instead, the judges go into some, like, this convoluted... It was, so, in fact, it was single judges in both of those, which was why it was uh, struck down, actually, uh, where it was easy to strike it down, actually. And those single judges went into their own patriarchal notions of, oh, well, you know, if the marriage isn't legal, then, you know, we shouldn't really get involved, and why are people converting only for the sake of marriage, and we don't think this is right. And, you know, then to try and justify that they were so, so they were citing the uh, 2006 Supreme Court Lily Thomas decision. Now, the thing is, that was a complete misreading of Lily Thomas, because Lily Thomas, the 2006 Supreme Court decision there, was about a case where you had a Hindu man was already married to a Hindu woman, wanted to marry a second Hindu woman, and so to try and avoid having to, you know, deal with the divorce issues and deal with any other obligations he had towards his first wife, he was like, oh, you know what, if I just convert to Islam, then I can, you know, uh, have my second marriage. And that's what it was about, and that's why the court said that ma the marriage there was a sham, uh, you know, so the conversion there was a sham and was therefore illegal, and therefore, you know, even the marriage was not uh, valid. Now, that's a very different set of circumstances than where two, uh, where you've got two people who have no pre-existing obligations to anyone else. Uh, they're both adults. One of them says, you know what, I'm going to convert to you, to your, to your uh, religion, and then let's get married, which there are many good reasons to do so. I mean, the Special Marriage Act is supposed to be the great savior for interfaith marriages. But actually, it's a complete nightmare because it has a 30-day notice period. Some states require people to put ads in the newspaper, put a notice at like the DM's office, at the courts, at the, you know, all these kind of crazy things, which actually then makes them targets for harassment by right-wing goons, by the families, uh, you know, even when they're running away from the families who are trying to oppose them, uh, and of course, even the, the, the police at times. Now, the whole idea behind having the Special Marriage Act is to prevent that, but actually it's becoming a facilitator of abuse, which is why many couples say, let's, you know, just get uh make sure we're both of the same uh religion and then we can get married with uh, all the formalities completed easily so there is a lot of basic reasons why someone might want to do this in the Allahabad high court those previous orders were extremely regressive because they were ignoring all of this context uh, and that's why it is great to see the division bench of the high court just two judges so which is why they can overrule what had been done earlier they looked at it and said that those orders were not good law uh, and, and there's some very, very important things which they said there, you know, right to live with a person of his or her choice, irrespective of religion professed by them, is intrinsic to the right to life and personal liberty. Individ uh, interference in a personal relationship would constitute a serious encroachment into the right to freedom of choice of the two individuals. So that's one line. Uh, another great line there is, you know, that they said they don't look at the couple in this case as Hindu-Muslim. They say, we are just looking at them as a couple who are living together. Uh, we fail to understand that if the law permits two persons, even of the same sex, to live together peacefully, then neither any individual, nor a family, nor even state can have objection to relationship of two major individuals who out of their own free will are living together. Now that is... The, that pretty much sums up exactly what, why these love jihad laws and why the UP ordinance are a complete joke because they are saying that you know if you have a conversion for the sake of marriage automatically the marriage is going to become void they're just disregarding the decision of someone who is an adult who's you know who's not even been coerced into doing something 
to say that this would not be acceptable. And that's where they all are likely to fall flat when it comes to any challenge in the court. Now, there are separate issues about whether or not this challenge will be heard on time, how efficacious the court will be in hearing it. But if we look purely in terms of the law, the grounds which were used by the Allahabad High Court in this order are what would be used to strike down these provisions. But considering that there's not just one ruling that nullifies the whole rhetoric of love jihad, but also significant rulings from the Supreme Court in the Hadia case, in the Shakti Bahani case on honor killings, and of course the landmark right to privacy judgment, can these judgments form the basis of revoking this contentious law? Back to Vakasha here. So let's recap again. What are the provisions we're looking at? We're looking at things saying that any conversion for the sake of marriage is illegal or saying or presuming that a marriage uh, like this, you know, a way where there has been a conversion will be presumed to be void or will can be invalidated by a third party, not even by the couple, by saying that the district magistrate has to give permission. Uh, two months in advance of this kind of uh, for a for a marriage where one party is converted, these things all interfere with a person's personal autonomy, with their personal choice, and there are multi there's a whole line of Supreme Court judgments which deal with this now and really sort of clarify the position. All of these were referred to by uh, the Allahabad High Court in their order. So yet again another reason why it's so good. The three main cases to look at here are uh, the uh, right to privacy case. Um, which the, the, the Puttaswami judgment from 2017, the first uh, one there, which clear, which, which was that, if you remember, the whole fanfare over a nine-judge bench affirming the right to privacy. Now, there the court had said that personal choices about your, you know, about your life, whether it's your uh, a personal intimacy, marriage, where you stay, who you stay with, your sexual orientation, all of this is under it. Uh, is is fully within the scope of personal autonomy and within your right to privacy. And the judges expressly said there, and I'm going to read out here the line again, the constitutional right to the freedom of religion under Article 25 has implicit within it the ability to choose a faith and the freedom to express or not express those choices to the world. So, you know, even if you're just choosing a faith for convenience, that's your business and it's nobody else's business to get into the picture unless and until there's clear proof that you've been forced or that you're not a major. You know that you have not attained 18 years of age. Um, there's, uh, you know, then there's the Shakti Vahini case, which was the one about honor killing, where uh, this, of course, referred to the Supreme Court's decision in the Hadia case, where if you remember, a, a Hindu girl had converted to Islam, married a Muslim man, her father had lost his, uh, you know, lost his marbles over it and was running around filing habeas corpus petitions. Uh, so in the Hadia case itself, the court had clearly said that the court or the relatives of the petitioner cannot substitute their opinion or preference for that of the petitioner in such a matter. And so who you live with, who, which faith you follow, where you reside, that's up to you once you've turned 18, you know. Uh, the same thing was buttressed again in the honor killing case where they were trying to talk about how, you know, society and all should have no role to play here. Uh, the judges said there, when two adults marry out of their volition, they choose their path, they consummate their relationship, they feel that it is their goal and they have the right to do so. And it can unequivocally be stated that they have the right and any infringement of the said right is a constitutional violation. So basically, very clearly, these provisions of these love jihad laws, which are being pretended to be called sort of religious conversion laws, would fall foul of this because they're affecting your decisional autonomy under the right to privacy, they're affecting your right to practice a faith under Article 25, and therefore would be blatantly unconstitutional. And as we've already pointed out elsewhere, you know, um, this is a clear, there's actually no legislative need because any actual case of forceful forceful conversion or kidnapping or taking someone away for marriage, all of these, there are existing IPC provisions for all of it. So, you know, there's no need and this stuff is un unconstitutional. So that's where we're at with the law. 
If you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to the Big Story playlist for episodic updates. We'll have on Apple, Google Podcast, Spotify, Jio Seven, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quinn website and check out the podcast section. For any feedback, shoot an email to podcasts at thequinn dot com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quint's website and check out our other podcasts. 